0: Welcome to First Star Let's Chat, an athletic therapy podcast. I'm your host, James Gardner, certified athletic therapist, certified strength and conditioning specialist, yoga instructor, human being. This platform, for the pros, by the pros, anybody in the performance space, and beyond. Welcome here to share in the stories of professionals, experiences, journeys, learning along the way, It's a platform to connect, to network and to be a part of a community that cares with conversations that matter, experiences that resonate and generate ideas. Thought-provoking, organic dialogue, passionate probes. Brought to you as always by First Star Therapy, Mobility Tape, Epic and Benchmark Athletics. In association with the Canadian Athletic Therapists Association, It's First Star Let's Chat, an athletic therapy podcast. Thanks for being here. Thank you for being a part of it. Hey, pal. i not supposed to be there. Okay. But I'm doing my show, and I can't have you there, okay? I haven't brushed my
1: teeth, and I need a glass of paper.
0: Okay. Hey man, can you hear me? I think you are. Hang on one second. I think I might have you. You might be muted here on my end. Uh, I got you. I think now. Now I got you. How's it going? All right, man. How are you? Very good. I'm just gonna drop. Uh, there's a few people in the waiting room. Let me just let them in here, so they'll be privy. There's a few people here in the waiting room, so I'll just let them in. They'll be privy to all of our. Uh, all of our secrets before it officially starts. So just uh, make sure you give all those away. <laughs> uh, nice. Everybody's kind of flowing in. I think um, Ontario just is moving into phase two, so people might be out getting uh, haircuts or something. I don't know. Whatever's open now. I'm trying to follow along, but the parks the parks seemed uh, fairly busy here today. <laughs> Walking the dogs and playing all the yeah, games the of- yeah yeah. All the games of hide, all the games of hide and seek that were being played, were, uh, yeah, lots of, uh, lots of, lots of, lots of traffic. You can
1: walk the dogs now.
0: Yep. Yeah. 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 I've been walking them. We've been walking them for, uh, shoot, I don't even know. I don't know. And I lost track of time the other way, which is great. <laughs> uh, put them in a dog park today with nobody, no other dogs in it, and then nice. the and then the experiment began because other dogs came in. So it lasted a few minutes before the. Uh, true colors we're showing Are yeah. Adapting well? yeah yeah i think so they're they're uh they're starting to get the hang of things the little one gets the big one going the big one protects the little one and then it just turns into a, a nightmare but you know such as yeah. such as uh the dog's life
1: yeah you'll probably yeah. hear my dog in the background when, it, when my daughter gets home
0: okay, okay no worries this is uh super happy, so. yeah, this is all very real world stuff that's happening on these chats so uh dogs kids uh thunderstorms internet cutting out you know that's the reality right now so. <laughs> we'll give it another minute or so i know there's a couple of people just messaging me for the uh as always for the um for the link yeah check if you have any as well because i know you, you threw that up on uh instagram too which is great <clears throat> it's perfect i mean we got we got some uh some regulars in here oh and some that, uh, and some that uh uh definitely knew you were coming on and and the um the angle and the and the um yeah a systematic approach to things so we have a, a small ish group but that's great because uh that means a lot of people will be picking it up on the um on YouTube. Cause I, I think a lot of people are starting to go back to work and like drinking beers in parks and stuff or, or whatever happens on, uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> on these things. So, um, I will begin here shortly. Okay, so ground rules for the evening for everybody that's in participation. I don't think we have any newcomers here just yet, but if we do or if you forget, uh, this is being recorded for the purposes of saving the world one conversation at a time, going back in time and uh, rehashing some of the conversations, tidbits, taking them out, going to find some readings, going to find some people, connecting people uh, coast to coast and across the globe uh, from an athletic therapy perspective perspective. This is let's chat and athletic therapy round table. This is session 20. I think it's 25 already 25. So at the quarter, I always get century and decade mixed up. So you get it. It's it's a quarter of 100. Uh, that's where we're at. And uh, a really special guest on this evening. Again, if you have questions, please, please feel free to uh, uh, ask them as you f- see fit um, either through the chat or unmute yourself and uh, and have at it that way i 'm um, just going to get to greg 's bio here in a minute, but um uh, when I read it, it it encaptured all of the things that we've talked about, Greg. And and I and I read your bio, and there's nothing, there was nothing braggy about it. But yet it was so deep. And uh, and I showed it to a bunch of people. I was like, this is exactly the kind of professional that that all of us need to be, and that all of us need to look up to, and that definitely all of us that aren't connected need to connect with. Um, so I'll read the bio, and then I really just want to want to jump in and and uh, introduce you to everybody, and and then we can. Uh, get into the conversation, because I think this is going to be, uh, this is gonna be one, of the, one of the better ones for sure. Uh, no pressure. Greg, uh, Greg Lothian is the founder of Skilled Body and the creator of the Active Lifestyle Coaching Protocol, providing systematic training and reconditioning to people of all walks of life. He is renowned for his caring, understanding, coaching, and overall unrelenting pursuit to empower people to view their obstacles as challenges and support them in their effort to overcome and attain more than they think is possible. He spent many years developing the active lifestyle coaching protocol with the primary goal of showing the greater population and fellow practitioners how to embrace a cohesive approach to active living and effective training. Through his one-to-one coaching, Greg specifically designs long-term plans to help meet goals, build active living into his clients' daily lives. Through his unique approach, aptly called the Athletic Lifestyle Coaching Protocol, Greg offers fellow practitioners a learning experience that empowers them with the ability to understanding their clients' needs better and to create client paths, which lead to long-term success. He teaches practitioners how to leverage the skills they have and expand their impact across the 11 core elements of of healthy active living. In short, Greg helps clients and coaches live better, healthier lives. His experience includes certification through the NSCA as a certified strength and conditioning specialist in 1997, and through the CATA as an athletic therapist certified in 1999. He's a former head conditioning conditioning coach and interim head therapist at the university level. He's previously owned a sports medicine clinic and a high-performance triathlon injury reconditioning clinic. He's worked in professional car racing, national level soccer, swimming, martial arts, and regional sports of many kinds. Greg is a full-time firefighter and practitioner, a mentor, husband, and father of three. His two major sports are martial arts and rugby. Greg believes in standing up for what is right and doing everything he can to help those who are in immediate need and those who are willing to learn and to work to help themselves. The limit to one's potential exists only in one's mind. And I think we can just end it there. We don't even need to. We don't even need to talk at this point. I'm. I'm getting rumors that I that I'm cutting in and out, or hearing that I'm cutting in and out. I'll apologize. I'll try to make that happen. But cutting in and out for me. Okay, perfect. Um, what an amazing bio and you really, uh, there's a message saying it might be a little bit hard to hear you. you have a, yeah, there we go. That might do it. Um, an amazing bio that really captures everything that you are and and I and you've been in the professional ranks and you've done a lot of things in your career. So uh, I think for a lot of the younger practitioners and some of us older practitioners that are looking to do something new and, and do something a little bit more impactful, this is where this conversation can go. Um, but I'll let you say hi to everybody and just sort Sort of uh, uh, catch up. I know Julie and you are quite close. Julie introduced Greg and I uh, uh, a few months back. I was still in the Bahamas. Greg and I have chatted a few times, but uh, I'll let you say hi, and then uh, I got a couple of quick questions for you before we dive into the real stuff.
1: Yeah, well, it's uh, you know it's great to be here. It was uh, super awesome. That uh, can you guys hear me properly now? Yeah, Aces oh, sounds great. Coach, so yeah, um, it was good that uh, Julie introduced us because I think we're really sort of aligned with. Uh, you know, we work in, in slightly different, uh, with slightly different clientele, but, uh, very, you know, the holistic approach and, uh, really, you know, I I think athletic therapy, the great thing that turned out for me in athletic therapy, uh, is that it's such a good base to do many different things. Um, the difficulty of it is you really gotta be a self-starter. You gotta, you gotta do, you know, you gotta really want it. And, uh, and there's there's definitely some challenges. So, um, you know, my whole thing about helping people, especially, you know, I, I've been in athletic therapy. I, I, I never deviated out of athletic therapy. Um, I only did my conditioning stuff, you know, to help my athletic therapy career, to bring athletes back to the field, uh, industrial athletes back to work, that sort of thing. Um, but, uh, you know, I feel like I'm one of the few that has really stuck it out because I really believe that it's a great place to start and it's a great place to build uh, a really well-rounded career. And if I can help people put that together, um, over the, over the long haul, sometimes it is a bit of a long haul, um, then that, that'd be awesome for me. That's, that's, that's everything I want is help people build like really viable careers. It's a yeah, great place
0: to be so yeah it's a, it's an awesome starter uh and 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 I've noticed that too in my sort of you know uh 10 plus years in the field of athletic therapy never sort of deviating from from the Athletic Therapy Foundation, like that's the that's the backbone of everything that I do, and then the supplemental learning on the side just really adds uh, some options, allows you to get off the highway and go on the dirt road, it allows you to get off the highway and, and you know pull over for gas, it lets you just do a lot of different things um, as a foundational piece, and I think that's amazing that that you sort of center around athletic therapy, and that's that's key for everybody too, and it is such a rich profession in terms of how much we do. It's just sometimes we we pigeonhole ourselves a little bit and i'm guilty of it too i can only work with athletes i can only work with a team i only want to work in professional sport you do that for a little while and then somewhere along the way you realize okay there's a lot more out there uh maybe there's some more value that i can provide maybe there's a little bit more freedom in terms of um scheduling Or in terms of uh, creativity, where you have a little bit more uh, when you're on your own or working in sort of an integrative environment to do some things that are a little bit more creative or align with your value system. So uh, I know you have these 11 pillars of, of, uh, of wellness or physical health that you work with your clients. And um and these are things that uh that everybody on here can get familiar with and you offer you offer co- courses right for um yeah so maybe we'll start there and just talk about your courses and how you integrate those because I think a lot of uh, a lot of the athletic therapists on here that have been on here regularly either new or or uh, have been around for a little bit um this is a time right we could jump in connect and, and just sort of start to see things a little bit more uh, broadly but at the same time with a greater depth to it so I'll let you sort of speak to to your coaching yeah, style. I,
1: I think uh where it all started for me uh, is you know it was it's great working in a high performance world and stuff but uh, as we all know it's tons of nights and weekends, lots of running around lots of variability in your income um, and it's it can be tough it can be really trying and and uh you know I could have people asked me especially when I was really in in it with the university and I had the high performance studio and um, you know that that pathway to go pro uh, was there was available um, and I was never really that interested in it for for the sole reason that it's a really difficult lifestyle to maintain for a long period of time I already had a kid at that point and uh, so for me it was about taking that university model that I worked in that worked so well uh, for the athlete and then bringing it to, you know, I had my own studio and really sort of bringing that whole thing. And and it took me years to figure out all of the missing parts. Like in athletic therapy, it gave a really good base of understanding understanding of injury, all the stuff that you could work with, with uh, performance and, uh, you know, it was really the whole, the whole line. I always envision this, uh, this timeline and, you know, there's a YouTube video out there with me talking about it, but, um, and the timeline is everything from like incapacitated injury to high performance training. And, uh, and the trick is to, to get from wherever they are to, you know, wherever they need to be, which may or may not be, all the way to either end or whatever. Right. And uh athletic therapy really gave I think us the base to be able to work a larger section of that line, you know, like you're not stuck in the early phases of rehab, you're not working at the highest end of high performance, you you can really pick and choose what you want. And as I developed my career, I started filling in the spaces and and this took many years because it was it wasn't out there already, which is why I created the course is, is to figure out, okay, if we look at that as the timeline, what are all the stages and uh, what am I good at? What do I want to work at? What, where do I see myself? Mm -hmm. And then how do I turn myself into, especially in the, in the, you know, the general, I say general population, but the population that's outside of professional sports and university, um, where, how do I fill in those spaces that, you know, in a professional environment are already there? Um, You know, like I wasn't, I wasn't the nutrition guy. Uh, At the time, I wasn't the, the, you know, sports psychologist guy. I, I needed to look at this whole gamut of things that could possibly... Uh, we could possibly uh, work on with somebody and turn myself into the point person for that general public person. Because in the in in the university model, in the professional model, an athlete comes in and, and that's what you are. You're the, what is it you need? Let's find it for you. Let's get you to exactly where you want to go. And in the public world, it was, you know, I have this problem and you have a Band-Aid. And you have a very limited amount of time to figure it out, a very limited budget to correct what's going on. I needed to break away from that because I'm just, I'm one of these kinds of people that I I cannot be handcuffed by rules for the sake of rules. Mm -hmm. I was just, okay, I'm going to build this on my own. Uh, So one of the, one of the earliest things I did was break away from the pay by Session model. Um, I give I, I give clients uh, receipts if they want them after we've met, but uh, I tell them right off the bat I don't charge by session. I charge I charge a coaching fee, mm-hmm. uh, and we just do whatever we have to do. And and then what I'm showing other people is you don't need to be the expert in everything. You don't need to have all of the tools. You can do what you love to do, and. A great way to develop your career is to know all of the spots that need to be filled. So those 11 components, uh, I don't work in all of those components, right But I have uh, network alliances, I have friends, I have forms, I have all of the things that I need to be able to fill in the other components so that my clients see me as the go-to person for, you know whatever comes up. And that it's, it's really the only way that you can, you know, work the way I work, uh, where people are just, you know, paying me a retainer to, to work with me. Uh, and, and I don't, you know, uh, I, the other thing that I do is, uh, if somebody wants to work with me, they have to work with me for a year. Uh, they, there's no other, there's no other option. Yes. So, um, because, and that came back to the, in the public world, the variability in your, I'm sure everybody knows the variability in your income seasonally. uh, It it would, it would drive me absolutely crazy. Yeah. Maybe because of a bad planner, but
0: (laughs) no, I I don't, I think these are all, uh, like these are all amazing points. I'm making a page full of notes. I have a couple pages from the last, couple times that we've talked and I see a bunch of people on here just making some notes. And, and you talk about so many good things. I don't know where to start. Um, you know, yeah, this liaison sort of role, right in the university, everybody on here has, has been to everybody on here is a is a practitioner and, and, uh, and I'm just looking through all the names and then my dad's not a practitioner, but I know he's been to university. So so everybody's been to university. And uh, all these, um, all the therapists on here Uh, have been privy to that model right and and in Canada I think majority of everybody's Canadian Sasha's here and she's down she did her uh, ATC in in Oklahoma but uh, everybody understands that that what an AT is uh, or an ATC is um, when you're it Uh, athletes come to you for everything and you have to you have to play all of those rules at least temporarily but you do not have to be everything to everybody and that's where growing the networks and filling that it's such a such a great analogy or just analysis of either you have that timeline and then you have those eleven facets that you go to and and whichever ones you're great in be great in those be good in the other ones enough to know who you can turn to um, build your networks and that's what this this this. Um, This Zoomcast has really been aimed at is is connecting people, opening people's eyes to what an integrative conversation sounds like, to what an integrative model can be, and really looking at, and this is where you and I, you know, I I sort of, uh, um, and Julie's on here, so I'll just thank her publicly for connecting us. Julie Dixon, uh, thank you so much, because because uh, we just aligned. I just really, when I heard you say, like, let's take this university model and apply it to the public, uh, it's looking at sort of uh, our, our health culture and what we do is, you know, when somebody gets hurt, what do they do? They, they self-splint, right? They make sure they're not dead, and then they rely on somebody else to get them better. And that's not a healthy model for anybody to get better. And I'm guilty no. as a practitioner of being that person that, like, you're going to depend on me. I'm going to do everything to get you better. But that's not a healthy model for a practitioner either, right? So you really spun it to make it uh, a 50-50 meet in the middle. You'll coach, you'll keep clients for the time that you need, and and they can come see you as needed throughout those periods as well. So it's a really, really great model for uh, sustainability, um, but also for, um, like, that's the reality you want to work with somebody and actually make change. It needs to be consistent and it needs to be over time. Right. Is that a fair statement? Like that's, it's well, not just for your so I
1: get this question a lot too. It's like, well, wait a second. You, you you're asking people and earlier in my career, I would have asked the same question. It's like, well, somebody comes to you injured. Uh, I mean, how could you get them to sign up for a year? Like why would you get them to sign up for a year? It's like, well, you know, to be honest, I don't do early stage rehab anymore. Somebody, mm-hmm you know, if if a client of mine blows their ankle out doing something, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll do the rehab because we're, we already have the, uh, uh, relationship. But one of my network connections is if somebody comes in and they need like really intense, they they need to be there three, four times a week. So, you know, they, they have no range and, you know, they really need that intensive model. Then, um, a friend of mine, Jennifer, she does that. And, uh, you know, breaking away from, Uh, that anxiety inducing push your client away to somebody else and possibly never see them again Mm -hmm. uh, proved itself to be completely wrong because when you know when i started doing that and i started reaching out to other practitioners around finding out what what it was exactly that they did um, and how we could work together uh, i ended up coming across some some practitioners that really aligned well and and uh you know so it's uh, uh I forget where I was going at the beginning of this, but it ended up like we're talking about network and stuff like that, and how to develop your how to develop it. It's it, that whole like you know, one of the earliest things that I do with my students that I work with is um, is we sort of map out what the 11 components are, and I get them to fill in what what they love to do, and then they and then start making phone calls, you know like. And start filling in the blanks and and don't be afraid to to tell a client that you're not the ideal person to work with them right now. Because, you know, all of the people that I've referred out, I, I must have, I probably have five or ten times the amount of people that have come back. Oh, yeah, that's where I started with it. So, <laughs> so the, 12, you know, the 12 months thing, it's, you know, so if somebody comes to me early stage, I send them to Jennifer. Yeah. Uh, if not, they come like I had a guy come in today and you know, tons of back pain. It's not hard to talk to somebody about how long it's gonna take them. And this guy was an arborist. It's like like I mean, that it took you you have you've had this for 15 years. Yep. You've seen 10 other practitioners. Uh people are telling you that you're gonna to have to stop doing what you're doing. Um, and so you know, I sit down, I don't charge for my first session at all, because it's really just because I know if they're going to work with me, they're going to work with me for a year. Sit down, figure it out, look at some MRIs, find out, hey, am I the best fit for the for the job? And and then talk to them, say, so like, listen, there, there's a lot of work involved here. And uh and they're very rarely <laughs> actually the only person i really turned away in the last year was one of my mom's friends who came and and when i asked him i was like well how invested are you in this on a scale from 1 to 10 and uh, I, I specifically asked that question because you know 12 months is a long time yeah. uh, i'm going to give them a lot of work to do uh, we're going to meet often they have to be on time all of these things all of these parameters if they don't if they're not an 8 or or, or, or sorry yeah an 8 or a 9 or a 10 out of 10 I don't take. And, uh, so, so this, this particular guy, was like, I'm a six out of 10. And sometimes you get that. And sometimes it's just out of skepticism because, you know, not a lot of practitioners work the way I work. And, and we're talking about working together for 12 months and it's longer than most gym memberships. And, uh, and, uh, so he, and he said, so when I asked him, I was like, okay, well, what would get you from a six to an eight or a nine or a 10, you know? And, uh, he said nothing. Okay. All right. So I was like, okay, well, <laughs> and you should see somebody else because, but, uh, but you know, like it's really not, I mean, we see so many clients that are, you know, if they're going to high performance or they're, you know, industrial athletes like this guy, uh, one of the things that we talked about and, and I, you, uh, did an interview with, uh, Scotty too, eh? Yeah. And one of the earliest things that I learned, uh, from Scotty, when he went, into the, pro, into the pro field um, was it wasn't about bringing high performance to the NHL. I mean, it was already there. What it was was decrease lost man hours. Right. And yep. decreasing lost man hours is not just about uh, resolving an injury fast. It's about making robust athletes. Yep. And when you talk to somebody, some of these industrial athletes, it's the same thing. You know, it's, it's like how, I mean, an arborist at this time of year, you know, how much time can you take off? And he's like, yeah, I can't take any time. Like, like, I mean, they, they, they've got to perform and they got to perform on a regular basis. And being in the firefighting world myself too, like, I mean, you know, uh, I I just, I can't be, I can't be injured. You you gotta, you can't go to work injured.
0: And, And I think like, yeah, you, you, it's such, it's so, uh, almost commonsensical that it's hard to fathom it's hard to understand you know Um, because we look at high performance we look at pro sport we look at it in a certain light Uh, and there's the other side of it that that pro sport or pro athletes are really good at being pro athletes but the outside of that like their bodies don't function like the rest of normal population or the general population and that's one thing we leave aside and even when we're in that make them as robust as possible make them as variable as possible within what they're doing but outside of that, it's kind of like, okay, all right, good. we got a whole bunch of external rotation. we got a whole bunch of internal rotation. Look at that hip move. Great, awesome. It can do what it needs to do to go skate a certain distance and do the things it needs to do. Um, and you talk about industrial athletes and the general population – and if we're looking at this as athletic therapists and we're saying there's not enough jobs out there, well, the reality is, is that there's a ton of work out there because the, oh. general, the, the general population is the masses. And if you want, and I'm, I'm talking to myself right now because I started my career, you know, in professional sport and that was the drive. And I still definitely have the drive to work in that mm-hmm. realm with those athletes and, and help them along uh, with some other facets as well. But um, there's so much greater variance in tissue and injury and capability and training age. Like this is is challenging so if it, to work with the general population then I don't think general population maybe we need to change that uh, the, the wording of well, it But really
1: the industrial athletes and 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 yeah. you know outside of industrial athletes would be like you know I mean if you want to call them recreational athletes there are some serious athletes that are nowhere near pro yeah yeah you know they they, they really want to be able to perform uh, Compete whatever it is at the level that they're doing. Uh, Maybe they're playing rec, you know, rugby or they're CrossFitters or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But you know, it's it's interesting. You say like, you know, it can be difficult for to work with that population. But it's what I've seen actually is in the pro world. uh, Although sometimes they're more invested. um, When 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 you look at biomechanical changes and foundational changes. Um, you know, it's, it can be extremely difficult to change a minor biomechanic in an athlete that's so has so many repetitions. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, you know, you know that I, I always, I try and educate my clients and as much as I can. And I talk to them about the 500, 5,000 rule. Like if I, if I teach you something the first time you've never done it before, you repeat it 500 times, it's going to start to develop into a reflex if I need to change something subtly that you're doing, it could take, I mean, it's going to take minimum 5,000 repetitions to rewrite that. Mm -hmm. And, and in where I'm capturing people right now is, you know, they may have done some training and stuff like that. Uh, Certainly the guy I met with today had done training and stuff like that. Um, But you're capturing them at a good time. And if you really know the timeline well, and you can identify exactly where they are—not where they think they are, but where they are on the timeline. Then you know exactly what steps you need to be taking to to get them to where they need to be. And sometimes, like I say, you know, I've worked with some pro athletes that were just more difficult to work with because they had their own set of ideas, and 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 oftentimes they're young and still in that semi indestructible phase. Uh, especially when the chronic stuff is happening Um, whereas you know these industrial athletes that are coming at 30 35 40 45 50 uh, they are heavily invested in learning whatever it is they need to learn to get better
0: yeah yeah and And 100% and we've talked about it sort of from a different angle and that's looking at uh, infiltrating, let's say, penetrating our way into amateur sport, where you can make massive foundational changes, versus like uh, this high-end sport athlete that's done it for 15 years and, and is either uh, ego restricted or you know neuromuscularly restricted, where they just that, that, that like you said that change that change is going to take far 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 more and it may disrupt some of the other things in actuality that are going on in their life or in their performance so um yes yeah, some amazing uh, amazing discussion on that angle and i think like for those of you coming out of school or, or that have never considered uh, have only considered um pro sport as an option like it's a good starting point for sure it gives you and it does all of a lot of perks and things like that but um there there is a ton of opportunity um with with the everyday athlete or the industrial athlete or or the gen pop whatever we're going to call them so or even if your
1: idea is to you know work in pro for a while like i i wanted to get back to the university system i wanted to work in it it was fun um i enjoyed the environment Mm -hmm. i always knew that i had sort of that exit plan that Mm -hmm. you know okay i'm gonna i'm gonna learn what i can learn here and i can uh you know, uh, develop some, certainly develop some skills. Uh, but I knew going into the lifestyle that I wanted for the long term wasn't going to be this travel, you know, 50 times a year. Uh, and, uh, even when I was approached for the, uh, the race team that I worked with, you know, they were looking at traveling and I was like, well, yeah, I, I just won't, I won't do that. I, you know, like, We'll have to come up with some other model for it because I was right at the point where I was transitioning into just you know having having at least a home base that could carry me um, but yeah there's multiple phases to this one of the guys that I'm coaching now uh, like mentoring at least you know he's young he, he's uh, I think he's uh, 20 or yeah he's 20 and um, you know it's when we started looking at, you know, what his skill set is, he was really strong in nutrition, uh, really liked doing that sort of coaching uh, and is going into kinesiology. And I worked with him for years before that anyway. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's having that long-term plan and, and letting him know like, yeah, you don't, I mean, you can have, this is what you do now. And uh, as long as you know what the 11 components are, then over your years, you can fill other components and, you know, you know, like, oh, I love to do this. Well, you know, one of the other questions I get a lot is like, well, what's, what's he What, what program should I do? What new things should I learn? Whatever. When you, when you know exactly where you're going, what the 11 components are, and you know exactly which courses you should be taking. Yeah. Because you're not going to, and mean, we've all, you know, most of us have gone to courses that turned out to be a complete waste of time for our, um, our our particular environment that we were working in at the time you know you couldn't use those skills right there it's like well if you have a plan to exit out of that environment into an environment where you can use it then you know maybe you can table that for a little while and take something that's more relevant to what you're doing right now
0: yeah you know, so. Yeah, and, and trying not to be again, coming back around doing try not to be everything to everybody, but also try not to be everything for yourself all at once, you yeah. know, you got to take your time and let it evolve. Let your let your thought process really align with, you know, people that you connect with people that you uh, enjoy listening to or challenge your current way of thinking, but also value your current way of thinking. I think those are a couple of great points that you made. And um, and continual growth in this profession, you, you just have so many options, you know, you have so many options for, um, for skilled courses, for working with other practitioners, these kinds of things. And, and, um, I just had an opportunity this past couple days to, to lead, uh, a little retreat. And there was a couple other practitioners there, one fresh out of school, one very established practitioner, uh, and five athletes, you know, a few CFL athletes and, and then a wrestler. And, uh, I left just being like, man, they're, they're, that was amazing. Like they take in so much. But I also relied heavily on the practitioners for their feedback. And like, hey, like, did this work for you as a practitioner? And then let's go beyond practitioner. And let's go beyond athlete and like, human beings need this stuff. They need to understand themselves, they need to understand the primary or the foundational components. And if it jives with them, you know, and and for me, I've I've been out for a long time, but the foundational components of of human performance, like human performance, just being a human, you need to be able to breathe, and you need to have a, a mind that works and they need to be connected. And then movement needs to filter into those two because movement yep. drives, you know, both and both of those drive the other way. So it's really come back around to, to keeping it really, really simple. We had Ryan Atkinson, who's a, a biomechanist um, with, with swimming and, and he works for CSIO. And uh, anyway, he was just talking about keeping it simple. And that's what works for me, you know, <laughs> not trying to get too advanced and taking a lot of courses and done those things, but ultimately comes back down to like foundational knowledge um, and And really moving into a space where um, where you can use those things that you resonate with and, and then speaking of of space that's your space right behind you uh, you have uh, magic happens yeah 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 right here so so let 's talk about that because a lot of people are like, "Where am I going to be able to apply this? how do I apply this I, how much space do I need uh, so when did my you- first my yeah. first rendition
1: of of uh, of this whole thing that I was doing is I opened a clinic in uh I'm always bad with years. Uh, it was, uh, I guess it was 2002 or 2003. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I was, uh, one of my partners was uh, a physio and the other one was an osteo. And we had uh, a very small space and all I, all I made sure was, and it's, it's easier to create now because I think more people are cognizant of it, is that I had some floor space to work in. Mm-hmm. I, you know, if you look behind me, here, so my, my facility where I, I do my coaching, it's 400 square feet. And in 400 square feet, I could have multiple people in here and I can, co- I can coach multiple people at the same time because my system is education based. But if you're looking to create, let, let's say you're working in an environment right now uh, and it could be in a clinical environment. All you got to do is you get to carve yourself out a little bit of space, a little bit of floor space so that you can uh, you need enough space to educate people, Mm -hmm. to educate people. And uh, I guess one of the one of the simplest ways to look at one of the terms I use with my clients all the time is um, blind postural awareness is one of the things that I teach. Um, And everything is always under increasing stress. So, uh, I teach them early on. So uh, like a lot of us do teaching how to control what's going on with your lower back. And one of the problems that I've seen in a lot of the systems is, you know, Oh yeah. Okay. You got a lot of good control over your lower back. Um, and even, um, uh, what's it called? The, um, graze system yeah uh, yeah the where, where they're doing the sweeping, fms yeah, it's the fms um the fms is done under no stress mm-hmm. and and one of the problems happen to be and and there's a really simple way to test this is uh is as soon as you exit out of the zero stress environment and you start adding any kind of stress to the body um, the, You'll see that the their ability to dissociate certain parts of their body that you need them to have control blind postural awareness of and control over um it it starts to fail really early and uh so you know like the 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 one I see the most often it, planks are really popular right mm-hmm. so we teach um how how to position yourself into a neutral spine position, which you know. For those of you that have been taught that it's somewhere between full extension and full flexion, uh, that that's not what neutral spine is. Um, But it's uh, you know if we can teach them into that position. So the position I teach, I happen to teach is uh, go fully into extension and then back off until you don't feel anything. Uh, The problem with that position, uh, so, uh, is you don't feel anything. Right. You know, how do you monitor something that has no feeling? So we teach them how to monitor it by repetition, 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 and then use that small space to slowly add stress. So a simple test, if people are skeptical of what I'm trying to teach them, is to put them into a plank. As soon as they can achieve a, a good you know, a neutral spine position or have control of what's going on with their lower back, then put them into a plank and ask them to do it again. And like 90% of the people plus cannot do that. And the assumption has been for too many years that if they can do this now, oh, they have control over it. They'll be able to do it in a stressful environment. And, and really having that little bit of space where you can use your imagination for whatever it is, whatever sport they're doing, whatever industrial sport they're doing, recreational, whatever it is, start applying stress to the things they're, that you're teaching them Mm-hmm. In the environment they 're going to use it, like in firefighting for us i mean, there's uh, uh, there in particular there's there 's two that are really hard high stress things that you have to do one is dragging hose around corners of a house that 's full it's you know it 's just it 's really you 're in a lot of difficult positions, leaning down, pulling things along whatever, and the other one uh, that very few people associate with firefighting is uh you know if something's if we think that something's in the ceiling we got to pull the ceiling down. right and 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 doing all of those activities and being able to to really monitor what's going on with your back your shoulders your you know upper back whatever whatever it is that the person you know the problem they came with um you, you need to be replicating what they're doing and doing it in such high repetition Uh, That you need that little bit of space, you just need a tiny bit of space to be imaginative and slowly add stress to them and and monitor the things that they're supposed to be paying attention to work the weakest link is what I call it.
0: Yeah, it's amazing to sort of look at it that way to analyze it that way and to see, um, you know, a a, a small space that's in your house. It's very convenient. Like, there's no um, great. Yeah. 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 Now for sure. That, that, that commute's nice and easy. You can fall asleep and wake up and, and you're already there. So that's great. Um, and uh, I don't know the small space. Again, it comes back to sort of some of us that, that have always associated, uh, you know, pro sport or, or working with a certain clientele. You to your clinic has to look a certain way or be a certain way. It doesn't matter. None of that stuff matters if you don't have a, a client centric focus to begin with. And we've talked about this with virtually every practitioner that's been on here. Uh, almost to the point that and every athlete and every coach that's been on here almost to the point like that's common sense but that's not the reality when you go out into uh, into the the real world in most clinics you know where where it's my, my first
1: clinic had industrial yeah. carpet
0: uh yeah yeah yeah
1: that's that's what we had
0: uh, with the we couldn't afford to change
1: it it was i was early in my career and i was like yeah okay well let's do it like yeah. you gotta
0: work yeah. with what you got yeah right yeah and uh I don't know just 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 the uh the angle the model, the way that you teach and learn it um learning your learning your clientele is massive, understanding what they do, and that doesn't happen in uh, a fifteen minute session where you slap a modality on them, plug it into the wall and and then uh, turn the corner and go get the next person bring them in it just doesn't work, and the model and, doesn't and work. a great
1: avenue that turned out for me in that uh just thinking about the, that in, in itself is. First of all, you don't need to know every sport. Uh, somebody comes in and they have, you know, whatever. Maybe, you know, maybe you never worked with an arborist before. I happen to know a bunch of them, just the nature of what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, if it's the first time somebody's walking in, now I gotta, I gotta figure that out. Well, with athletes, and one of the really great networking things that I did in my career is be willing to phone their position coach up, whatever it is, even if they're not associated with your clinic. And first of all, the client themselves, if you're talking about, you know, maybe you're talking about uh, junior sports or whatever, where they're really, you know, flipping the bill on their own. And there's really not a lot of connectivity between, you know, coaches and nutrition and all that athletic therapy, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. uh, As soon as they say like, oh, you know, I'm really trying to achieve this. Like, oh, you know what? I I need to learn more about exactly what you do so that we can continually add you know I mean I don't put it this way but add stress appropriate stress as we're going through the rehab or performance thing why don't you give me your coach's number I'm going to call them and the client themselves are usually blown away by the fact that you're willing to take the time invest some time in them and and I'm not billing them for that because It's a network association for me. So I contact that coach and that coach is super appreciative. And you talk to them about, you know, what your philosophy is and uh, what you're trying to do. I really need to learn from you too. Like, you know, where, where is this athlete's deficits or, or this employee's deficits or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. how can we make them better at what they do? And they are more than willing to have that conversation with you. And then they're, they are going to send more people to you than they send to anybody else because you have that open dialogue. They can, you know, I always let my clients and my associations know that, uh, you know, if there's something going on, uh, you know, call, call me up or, or, and I tell them like, if I can't answer my phone, I'm not going to answer my phone uh, because people are always worried. It's like, well, maybe I don't want to disturb you. So you can't disturb me because if I'm, If I'm busy, I'm not going to answer my phone, but send me an email, send me a text or whatever. We'll find a time to chat. And it's, it's part of having that integrated model. Mm -hmm. And if you think you need to, you know, uh, get financial gain from that, you're losing in the long run. You're, 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 you're fighting for pennies and losing dollars. It's, uh, it's, it's really, it, it pays off huge in the long run to create that network.
0: So. Yeah. Amazing. And, and I think these are the things we sometimes, uh, myself included, you know, you sometimes get, get stressed out about the wrong things and you start searching for how am I going to make money? Well, if the focus is how am I going to help people? It's through being honest. It's through, it's through bringing people in and, and really offering your services and, and knowing some other people that you can refer out to, right? Like, uh, I, it's interesting. Just had this conversation briefly over the weekend too, or the past couple of days. um, clients or athletes being treated sort of like as territory. It's like, that's my athlete. Look at what my athletes are doing. And, and, and practitioners who use that language, I'm just slowly creeping further and further away from now in in this later stages or this middle stage or this new stage of my career. Um, They're not territory. They're, they're not your athlete. They are an athlete for sure. And they work with you, but without, you know, it uh, always brings me back to the picture of the of the therapist or the strength coach on the sideline and if you remove the therapist or the strength coach from the sideline those athletes are still going to athlete you know yeah. and if you remove the, if you remove the athletes and you have a therapist or a strength coach on the sideline ain't much going on you know no. <laughs> other than the dudes who can take their shirts off and do a whole bunch of stuff walking around on their hands or <clears throat> or look good in whatever they look good in on uh, instagram but um yeah some, some really great depth here with uh, with your angle and um, uh, how about your clients, uh, specifically, uh, how important is it for you to understand, uh, what motivates them? So, uh, in the 11 components, uh, I, have
1: actually split it up into, mm-hmm. um, health being one thing. So like internal health. Yep. Um, so we're talking about like nutrition, uh, recovery, uh, sleep, all these types of things. Um, then we look at like. Uh, physical performance, f- physical abilities. So you know, everything from that timeline, from injured to high performance. Yeah. The third aspect of it is there is there the mental side of things. And early in my career, you know, I was already overwhelmed with all of the things that I needed to know about athletic therapy and all the things that I didn't know and that I, you know, uh, so I didn't I didn't ever want clients that I needed to motivate. Um, and it wasn't until later in my career that I started taking courses on figuring out uh, that the human psychology side of things. I work heavily in that right now mm-hmm. um, because, you know, at, when you're outside of somebody who is trying to be at the pinnacle of a sport uh, and really driven. Uh, in the general population, they're fighting against a lot of things. And if you're not dealing with their psychology, um, then, you know, kids and work and spouses and second jobs, they, they can trump a lot of things, you know, financial problems, all of these things, you know, so you have to have either someone in your network that's really good at this, that is willing to work with you uh, or, you know, learn some of the basic things. And this is what I do in part of my courses talk, you know, teach people some of the most basic things that are super powerful in being able to, uh, help build somebody's, uh, internal locus of control, internal motivation, uh, because you don't want to babysit this constantly, uh, but you definitely want to pull back to it. And, and be able to pull them out of, you know, some of the things that are really difficult. Uh, early in my career, when I wasn't dealing with it properly, uh, I, you know, there was one client in my mind that really sticks out. He was a great guy, traveled, um, owned his own company, was, was uh, whatever, that was traveling North America a lot, uh, needed to lose weight, had a tremendous amount of back pain, and we started working together. And, uh, so I'd give him some stuff to do. And then like a week and a half or two weeks later, after he had sort of done all his homework, he had to come back and he'd come back and say like, yeah, I, know. I was traveling. I didn't, I didn't get a lot done. Okay. Uh, so that that's in my mind, that was the first sort of strike. Um, it's really important that you do it because it's, it's basically a waste of my time and a waste of your money. If you don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. Okay, great. Uh, after this happened the second time, I stopped him right there. And I said, okay, so this is what's actually going to happen. You call me when you've done your homework. And I never saw him again. So now, you know, it's, it's a little gratifying, to be honest, to be able to fire a client sometimes, uh, because there are some (laughs) clients that need to be fired. Yeah. Uh, But uh, at the same time, I look at it now, like, yeah, there was some early work that I didn't do there. Uh, I, may have, I may not have taken him on in the first place uh, because I didn't understand some of the things that were going on and I didn't plant the right seeds at the right time to be able to either filter him out early or get him on, on board so that he never misses his stuff because one of the things that people have to understand is um, every time a client... <laughs> We've we've all had somebody walk in and talk about another practitioner and say, "Yeah, I went to see uh, uh, I went to see James, but it didn't help." <laughs> and if you had heard that conversation, whoa, whoa, whoa! I gave you a ton of stuff to do, and you didn't do any of it. Yeah, right. Don't now. You're talking to me. You're talking negatively about me, and this is this is affecting. For all of you that aren't facing this head-on, this is affecting your reputation, and I, I'm one of those types, you know. Like uh, I'm, I'm bad enough for my own reputation. I don't need somebody else to be bad for my reputation. <laughs>
0: well so, said. That's uh, well said.
1: So it's it's really like so. I became I I had a heavy vested interest in. Okay, I, I need to understand these people a little bit better. I need to know who to filter out and who I can turn to, you know, they may seem like they're not going to do anything. uh, And in their past, so you talk about their past, especially when you're talking about, you know, uh, knee patients that have, you know, need a tremendous amount of weight loss or something like that, you know, that you listen to their past and you're like, well, you didn't really do a lot of, you, you don't sound, you know, my earlier self might've said, well, you don't sound really motivated and you failed a bunch of times where now I've actually taken, Some of those clients came with knee pain and left having lost 150 pounds because of the conversations we had on the first day or or the the first couple of days that we met, we're like, okay, you're, you know, uh, if it's knee pain and they need to lose 150 pounds, um, a lot of us would skirt around that conversation. Yep. You know, like, oh, yeah, well, I can help you with your knee pain. And in the back of your mind, you're saying, yeah, we're going to try and give them cardio. I, you got to you got to head that head on. It's like, yeah, your knee pain's is bad now, but you obviously have, you know, sh- you're struggling and this knee pain's only going to get worse. I can make you feel better, but not long term. And, and and when you can start to do that stuff, you can start to really understand what's going on. Uh, it's actually going back to what you said. It's simpler than it seems. Mm-hmm. there are some very simple things you can do to make sure that your clients are are in the right headspace for the long term and you don't have to babysit the whole thing
0: that's it's it's amazing and like that honest and deliberate approach to this is how things are going to go i am certainly going to guide you on how and what and when to do things but if you don't do them this is it. This is shifting the power away from the practitioner and putting it on the athlete, the client, the the, whoever you're working with. And this is the model that works. And so you and I talked about this earlier on uh, today, um, just when we chatted briefly, and that's like heavy front loading of things for for not less work later on, but like, that's where you got to get everything rolling and situated, like you really need to spend that time early on. And as I was thinking about talking about this right now, um, Dr. Desai was on, who's a foot and ankle uh, orthopedic surgeon, a uh, trauma mm-hmm. surgeon, and, and he talked about just writing his own protocols for his ankle surgeries because he does uh, he does some pretty innovative things. He's up on the research. He, he, uh, he challenges for when to use what and how to do, you know, which technique. And if he's working with an athlete, it's going to be different than, than like a, a high performance athlete versus, you know, somebody who doesn't need this certain range of motion or whatever. But um, writing his own protocols takes him a whole bunch of hours hours at the front end, but it saves him a whole lot of time in the, in the middle, in the long run. And I'm not saying we all need to save time, but, um, you know, where, where I don't have to call him at week three to see if like, am I doing the right things? What's next? Cause he's written the protocol. Um, yeah. and, and so those are kind of things that I sort of, uh, parallel with what you're saying, you know, that front ended and really having those conversations early on sets you up as a practitioner for success, for sure, because you're getting more depth. Um, And also them and it builds the trust. It's not a, it's no longer about going in their pocket. It's about creating a relationship of trust, of, of, uh, of guidance. That's an easy
1: trap that, that pocket, that, that pocketbook trap that I used to get caught in all the time worrying about, um, you know, like, ah, how much is this going to cost them? Um, You know, when I first started doing full biomechanical assessments, Mm -hmm. I, I, I would do them with every client. Um, The first couple of times, uh, you know, whatever, the first year, I think this was, uh, well, it was way back. Anyway, uh, I'm looking at this. I'm like, no, we got to do the full biomechanical assessment. Well, my assessment, because it goes through, you know, everything from imbalances to dissociation to old injuries to, you know, uh, more uh, multifaceted movements and all that sort of stuff so that I can get a really good picture of what's going on, uh, could take a couple of sessions. Right. And then I might give them a couple of things and then they come back and I and I make I would make them a a priority list of all of the things that, you know, uh, here are all the things that I found. Here are the things that really need to be changed. Here are the things that we can maybe look at later or may spontaneously correct when we correct these things, whatever. And here's your first program to start. Right. Well, billing by the session in the client's head Sorry, wait, I got one exercise program for three hundred and fifty bucks. I had to change. I had to change my model. So one of the things that I did, because we do need to front load it, we do need to get the information we, for me, I do need to create that priority list. I still do that now is <clears throat> is one of the driving forces behind working with people long term. Is because yeah okay instead of charging them in the first two weeks you know for sometimes like 600 bucks if you add all the sessions together uh, you can spread that out over time and you're gonna be working for a year you know what you give at the beginning you'll you'll make up for it in the end and not only that but when you're when you're just charging you know the way I charge Uh, when I tell them like, okay, so this is the basic thing is the premise is that we meet every second week because you know, uh, three weeks is often too long. And one week, sometimes is just not enough time, especially in the real world. Right. Um, so I tell them that, and then I tell them, you know, this is, this is the cost of the contract, whatever. But by the way, in the first two weeks, we're going to meet like six times. And then, And it's a bonus for them because they're like, Oh shit, really? Oh wow. That's awesome. (laughs) You know, it's like, and then by the time we get through the first couple of sessions, they're like, wow, I've I have never been through a process like this when it's really just the process we all want to be able to do, but especially in a clinical setting or a time limited setting, they're very difficult to do. Um, and, uh, so, you know, one of the things I try and teach people that are, are really into that like clinical setting and they're, you know, at, they're an employee, they have to work in that model. It's okay. If you're going to work in that model, here's how to divide it up because you, you got to get through that information, but it can't be, it can't be so front loaded that, you know, the client is seeing an exercise program on a you know, sheet of paper or an app or whatever uh, for three or $400, you know? Like, right. So there's a couple of ways to approach that front loading, but we do need to do that because yeah. it, it sets you up for success later.
0: Yeah, 1,000% agreed and I I love it. I love the stories that transition in. I love the way that you deliver it and, and your understanding and knowledge of the whole system and structure and how you want to do things and look at things. Um, and there's a lot of sort of like, I think a, a few students that are just coming out, they're just coming out in the world. And like, you know, uh, we talked about it again in the past couple of days, like the foundations of, of athletic therapy or the foundations of physiotherapy or chiro, whatever people are doing coming out of school are great. You need those. You need to understand that a history needs to be done and, and you need to understand an assessment needs to be done in 30 minutes. And, and a full session is a luxury if you can have 45 minutes with a person, but when you get out and make your own model of how you want to do things, shoot, if your history doesn't take 30 minutes, uh, on its own, you're probably missing a lot of information. And again, that's, that's, that's in a structure that, or a place or, a, uh, an existence that allows for it. You know, uh, yeah. if you got, if you got a game in, in two hours and you got to see six, six of the, uh, I don't know, tennis athletes that you need to see before they go out or, or yeah. whoever, it doesn't work. But, but when you can sort of be creative and look at this holistically, um, Value like it's not it's not about dollars. It's about outcomes, and it's about people, and it's about relationships, and it's about doing all the things that you've touched on already. Um, as you were as you were speaking, uh, uh, somebody's on here. Uh, Scott, Scotty sent over Scott Howitt, who's a, a good friend and, and a colleague and mentor too, who's been on as a guest. He he sent over a quote about motivation, saying motivation is the art of getting people to do what you want them to do because they want to do it. Right. And this is, uh, this is an Eisenhower quote, but, um, that's it. (laughs) I think that's it.
1: And that's exactly right. It's, it's, you know, like motivation is, uh, you know, in the fitness world is they, they got it, they got it backwards because as soon as if you are the driving, if external motivation never lasts Mm -hmm. and, uh, it's, if you're the driving force behind it, then as soon as they stop working with you, they're going to fail. And then when they fail, they're going to say it was you.
0: Yeah, that's it. You know,
1: and uh, you know, that's the protectionist model. But and if you're in if you're really in it for the client, you, you got to build that internal locus of control. You got, yeah. You
0: yeah. I, I want you to walk away with a whole lot more than a paper full of exercises. When you leave here, I want you to be a better human being or a better athlete or a better therapist. Every time we have a conversation, and in doing so, I want to be better too as a practitioner, so it's a two-way street and everybody wins as the evolution of what you're doing and you know what I hope to be doing and what everybody on here is doing on a day-to-day when you can take that time and, and build it two ways. And that becomes uh very i guess organic but like that becomes very natural in in that style of environment that you set up it's amazing to hear and it's uh it's refreshing Uh,
1: in all our environments like i mean raise your hand if you've ever had a client that you've emotionally supported while giving them therapy
0: yeah every single hand even the ones that don't have pictures just went up it's
1: it's you you got to be prepared for it and and it's part of the the process because they you know they may be going through something um, that you know like ah I had a client last year it was this you know all of a sudden he's like ah oh, you know like this is really sore and that's and it was obviously it wasn't mechanical it wasn't making any sense so you know I was there was trying to help out with the thing that he had right at the time and had a conversation it's like well what else is going on because <clears throat> it's very possible that you know, it sounds like your body is telling me that you have a lot of stress right now. <clears throat> and then, you know, I've I've had more than a few uh, clients and athletes break down and and talk about it and be like, and if you're a deer in the headlights with like zero knowledge, which, you know, I've been there, mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's difficult because you gotta be able to, you know, like either have a network association for it have you know you don't have to provide them answers or anything like that provide them with emotional support, but sometimes if you have the right knowledge if you can if you can just pick up on a, on a few of the things then you can help them you know see the bigger picture uh, you know center them again and and go in the right direction and you know so it's it's yeah it's you know it's i don't want people to think that it can only happen in the model that I created for myself you know these things <laughs> In any model that you want to work in, if, if you can figure out, if you have the right, you know, network associations, the right information, you can create what you need to create for the time being, and if your idea is to break out and to be able to give hour sessions and do your own thing, then you can build that slowly, build your knowledge and, and learn all of these things from the three different, you know, areas that mental and the, the health side and the physical ability side and, and and slowly build yourself out to exactly what it is that you want to practice and, and you know, have a 400 square foot facility on your own or, or partner up with some people and you know, get a small training studio. And, you know, those are, I had a blast doing those things because uh, you know, it's uh and, and it doesn't take as much as people think, you know? So
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm right there with you. I mean, am following closely <laughs> still taking notes and uh, and hope to hope to sort of, um, you know, continue these discussions, continue these dialogues. And I know one of the things that you and I talked about is also like just trying to have these types of conversations with more, Uh, specific to us, ATs, right? Because uh, you've had a lot of experience and and this model is something that um, I'm just looking through who's here and that, that none of us heard in school, right? It was like, Oh, you don't have insurance. You include, you, yeah. yeah. You included. Yeah. We don't have uh, nobody has AT coverage. Okay, great. But nobody has personal training coverage. Nobody has gym coverage. Nobody has a lot of people drive around without CAA and uh, you know, whatever. Uh, there are still things that happen. Um, and if you can sort of find a way to navigate and create a model it's not to say like right out of school you need to do this you need to get some experience for sure there's not no doubt about it you need to to understand what works what doesn't work and what works for you and what you want um, and that can change, right? I think that's a key takeaway from what you said is, uh, is that can change as you go, you know, you, yeah. you love the university setting.
1: Fine,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think not to put the pressure to be everything that you think you should be right away, or or even five years in or 10 years in or, or where you're at right now, like you that can always change. And that's sort of uh, uh, speaking from where I'm at right now is I'm going uh, about to shift into something I haven't you know, been, been in before. And in terms of, you know, doing, doing some of what you're doing, creating a model that works for me and and leading with, with a lot of the things that you've touched on too. So uh, a lot of really key insights here. And I know there's a, a lot of students and a lot of younger therapists, uh, currently on live and hopefully on uh, um, archiving as well because these are important conversations and and somebody like you can can certainly help a lot of people if they're willing to reach out I know you're willing to be open to discuss this stuff absolutely
1: like if if there's anything that you know like people take away like take away from this is um, if you got questions and you want to ask somebody that's been in it for a long time like Yeah, just shoot me a message like uh, I'm, you know, I'm more than willing to help people out and and try and try and figure out, even if it's just a quick question or whatever. It's, uh, you know, uh, like I said before, if I if I can't answer it, I don't have the answer. I'll let you know. Um, But, uh, you know, I think we we all need to support each other. I know how difficult uh, the athletic therapy thing can be, uh, especially at the beginning, uh, there's a lot of different directions you could go uh, a lot of times you could feel pigeonholed into something because you had the job you had to take or whatever um, but uh, you know I've been through a lot of them so if I can help somebody s- skirt some of the stuff that's not uh, that maybe you don't need to go through that uh, a little advice would help you avoid uh, or or something that you're missing that'll launch you forward then, yeah more than willing really.
0: Yeah, awesome. I'll open this up now for anybody who has any questions based on tonight or um, or anything that we've talked about this evening. Um, Either type it in, or like I mentioned, you can you can unmute and just have that dialogue audibly. If there isn't anything, then we'll just keep going because I didn't ask you if you've watched uh, Tiger King.
1: I knew that was coming.
0: (laughs) Have you watched it? No, that's. okay that's a hard no we're back in the no train i think that i didn't get our other episode up yet because we've been away but uh, uh i think that makes it 2016 because joey and matt from the other night are a couple soccer guys gone pro in different ways uh they they were both no's. uh the 11 pillars do you have them off the top of your head that's uh, the 11 pillars uh um it, yeah. so on the mental side of things um Uh, One of
1: the, one of the first things I start with is uh, what I call target mindset and focus. Mm -hmm. Um, So one, you know, I tend to go through these things. uh, It's not like a bullet point list You sort of need a little bit of explanation around them. Uh, Target mindset focus. One of the things that we tend to do as practitioners is like, what's the problem immediately in front of us? And let's just solve that. Well, you actually have to sort of split it up into these three things Uh, target is like, okay, where, where are you going? Like, what's, you know, like the target immediately could be get out of pain, but like, what is it you do? Um, And as a coach, if you're going to sort of take on a coaching role, even as an AT, uh, and you want to get people from where they are to where they need to be, then you need to know where they need to be. That's so target is that mindset is, is what we talked about before is setting them up for success. So that their motivation, you know short, medium, long term, is internal, and uh, focus is uh, y- you have to be constantly uh, working what we talked about before, like what, teaching them what they should be focusing on, working the weakest link. Uh, if it's uh, learning dissociation stuff, they need to know that a lot of the foundation stuff that they're, you're going to teach them they're going to carry through you know. Uh, The other thing in uh, that, the second pillar would be stress management. So, you know, if you're not the, you know, stress management guru, and uh, there's a lot of people dealing with a lot of stress, you should have somebody in your network that deals with that. Uh, And the third one, I don't have it in front of me, escapes me right now is, uh, I'll come back to it. It'll come back to me. So the second part, so the, the physical abilities to me has, those, that timeline has, has five phases. Uh, one is uh, you, you got you to either allow tissue to heal, but tish, tissue has to be, you know, uh, set up. Uh, Rene Peltier taught me this uh, my first year in athletic therapy, uh, creating a conducive environment for healing. You're not a healer. You're creating a conducive environment for healing, and you have to allow some time for that to heal, uh, creating, you know, that that's your phase one. Phase two, uh, for me, which is the, I guess, would be the one, two, three, four, fifth pillar, or fifth component, is uh, is all of the stuff, the the foundational stuff. Uh, when we talk about imbalances, uh, you have to be assessing generally and correcting uh, some of the imbalances that you're seeing. You could have a local imbalance from an injury or whatever. Uh, it behooves you to systemically look at the whole system and find out where those imbalances are and which ones are affecting them significantly uh, the next phase is uh, you know blind postural awareness uh, what I call fundamentals which is teaching them all the dissociation drills and the body control that they need uh, if you if you're not addressing you know those first three things um, then what you're doing is your, your, if you look at that timeline, uh, because those are early phase, you know, when I look at the timeline, uh, you know, I, if I had the it visual in front of me, if you look at the timeline, you know, if you start at the beginning where you're dealing with like incapacitated injury, mm-hmm. uh, you progress to a certain point where typically in the, in the real world, people are about 80% better. It stops, you know, therapy. They stop being able to justify paying for therapy in their heads uh, and they start to feel better and all that sort of stuff. The, then there's this whole, what I call the gray zone. And at the end of the gray zone is where fitness starts. And what people are tending to do, and this is, and Scotty and Jamie are talking about this too, with the whole reconditioning thing. That in-between phase where you're dealing with imbalances, uh, dissociation, and then, Uh, the third component of that creating a foundation like an athletic foundation Uh, what's happening in the real world is they're going from injury skipping over that and what happened to me as an athlete is I was training like I was in the performance zone when I was actually in the gray zone Mm -hmm. and it my my disc blew out so bad that it was pushing my spinal cord out the other side of my back and uh, so you know if, you're, if you don't do those middle three phases, um, then you're not setting them up for success in the long run. So the last phase there is, is the, the uh, athletic foundation. So to me, the athletic foundation is if you're looking at, um, in general, in, uh, to set a very basic platform for people, they need to know six skills. They need to know how to squat. They need to know how to lift. They need to know how to push things pull things, lift things up over their head and pull things down. If they don't have those six basic tools, then again, you're putting them into the fitness or the performance zone and they're ill prepared for it.
0: So a lot of that
1: stuff can be mechanically driven. uh, And I start with what, what I call like building blocks, that sort of stuff, uh, which is like some individual exercises, uh, Um, isolating some stuff to make sure they have control before we expand out that sort of thing. Um, So, and we build that athletic foundation, the last phase, the fifth phase in the athletic abilities is where you really, your imagination really needs to take hold. You've set a foundation, where are they going? What outside of the standard basic stuff that they know now do they need to know? And an exercise program from that point on mm-hmm. needs to address two things. It needs to address what their target is and how you're gonna keep them balanced in the interim. Because the long term game of this whole thing is to, is to limit lost man hours. And if you're, you know, your whole program should be set around those things. Every time they come across an obstacle, maybe you have to go back a little bit. And, but you know, if you've already set up a great foundation, you're, you're not going to be set back as far, you know, even if they have a traumatic injury, you know? Uh, So, so that's those phases. And then the the last thing, the internal health thing, uh, we look at sleep. So the sleep and recovery, make sure they're getting enough sleep and recovery. Uh, We look at nutrition. And I don't, I don't do diet plans. I, I do nutritional habits, so like what their life habits are. Mm-hmm. So my network association is somebody who actually does, you know, detailed diet plans. I've never given a diet plan in my life because it's just not my milieu, um, but, I, but we teach that. So health, uh, health sleep, and, uh, or sorry, uh, nutrition, uh, sleep, and how come the other one's escaping me? I have it right here
0: give me 2 seconds here yeah no 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 problem you've uh, you've identified a lot and then like this long this long you you've spoken about all these things and uh, listen the list isn't what matters the idea is that you're covering these things you're referring out and you're advising on all of these things with your clients and and this is not just my knee hurts. All right. Ultrasound. Here's an e- He's an eccentric <laughs> exercise for your knee. Here's a concentric exercise for your knee. Oh, and let's put some IFC and then we'll put some ice on at the end and now your knees better. Okay. That's great. Uh, here's your 150 bucks and now the <laughs> door, you go. Um, so I, I, just, I love this. I think this is great. I think it's great to hear all these things, but, uh, this again, can't be addressed in one session and it certainly can't be addressed in sort of like a, uh, a fast moving, um, get you in, get you out kind of model either. Right. Uh, No, exactly. And that's, and
1: that's one of the reasons why I, I progressed to this, uh, um, you know, 12 month thing is because I knew I, I just, I couldn't make sure that all of those things were addressed. Um, and, and know ethically that, that, even if the client, like my whole goal is, I tell my clients like, eventually you should be completely independent of me and never need me again.
0: That's it. And,
1: and if I can't set that up uh, or refer you to the right place after we've done the work that we need to do, um, then I, I personally, I feel like I'm failing uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: them. So uh, the ones that I missed, uh, oh yeah, of course. Uh, so in, in <laughs> the mindset, and, and this is where coaching comes in, is some, some sort of strategy. People, you know, early in my career, people were asking, you know, oh, do you have a good resource for this or a good resource for that? It, and so, you know, this is, uh, early on, not early on in the internet, but like when information was really starting to become abundant, I would be like, well, I don't really know a good resource, but I'll look for you. Right. I knew what I was talking about and it was overwhelming the information. For these people it's it's just crazy so you know when you're looking at the athlete or the 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 industrial athlete whatever it is you want to call them and uh, you maybe can't see having to work with them for 12 months well one of the things that you can help these people with is the life strategy after they get they're going to need to find times to train they're going to need to find ways to train when they're traveling they're going to need to know when it's okay not to train, you know? Like they're gonna need uh, somebody to just talk to about like, oh, I don't, I don't know how to fit all of this into my schedule. Okay, let's build a schedule then. There are some clients that I get to the eighth or ninth month and that's all we do is so we look at their their schedule and be like, okay, so here's, here's a six week schedule and the next time you come in we'll work on a couple of new things, whatever, or build a new program that fits with the schedule. And you know you need to give them some sort of uh, some sort of strategy, and then the last component in health obviously is is cardiovascular capacity you need to You need to be you know keeping your organs as clean and as efficient as possible is is really the you know is the end all and be all of, of all of that so yes yeah. so that and and that having those components. Like right away, I'm sure there's people that say, yeah, I don't do that. And I I don't do that. Yeah, great. Start making some phone calls. Make some phone calls and fill that space. Get paperwork. Get something so that when your client comes in and they need the answer to that, that you can provide them with a referral, a template, a, a something, something that, keeps them connected to you it's like oh yeah they gave me some great information they referred me on to this thing and it was the best thing that ever happened in my life the best now they've associated the best thing that ever happened in their life to the person that gave the tune not necessarily the service they got they love that too oh yeah i got this from you know whoever like uh, james gave me this and it changed my life
0: yeah I, I think this is all uh a really really valuable um set of rules to sort of live by uh, and you can tweak and cater them to to your clientele or to how you want to align or these kinds of things and and uh i don't know we had the we had the for the first time i had a, a mobile vet come by the the house today which i didn't know existed. i mean they exist in uh in the Bahamas, at least during COVID, but yeah. when we brought this dog back, and, and this is the first time that we've sort of had access to um, uh, like uh, a holistic vet. So she's a holistic vet, and she drove over with her tech, uh, and they came into the yard, and we did everything outside. But uh, she talked about just even some of the things that you've just talked about now. It's like I'm paying you to come to my house. I'm paying you to. Uh, evaluate my dog on like a holistic level. And, and this is not to say what you're doing. Well, it is, you're saying you're the same thing, you know? And so, so we're talking, we go through it and the dog has this long history, but without that history, she can't make any decisions. So she's taking an hour long visit, which if I had taken my dog to a regular vet would probably have been, a I would have had to drop her on the sidewalk and hope that the dog could talk when it went inside to tell the yeah. history. And then, uh, but anyway, so, so going through it, uh, sort of transitioning over to, um, the point of this i guess is like okay let's try raw a raw diet because there's a lot of like allergens and like yeast buildup and bacteria here that that, that's probably the cause so so try that and she's like i know you're going to say it's expensive but it's a whole lot less expensive than doing uh, uh blood work allergen tests x y z coming to see me going to see me 16 times so it's really sort of shifting the focus um to to the value of it right like to to your value and and also
1: if when you when you have a bunch of those things prepped so like in the athletic therapy world you know it's great to have you're gonna get tons you probably already have got tons of questions about nutrition Mm -hmm. you know should i uh should i be fasting should i be on keto should i all, all of these things you know and you may not be the expert in it but you know that model of like you know okay based on because i know your history really well and I know what's going on. I know what the target is. Let's try this. And if it turns out that it doesn't work uh, and, or it's not the ideal thing, it's not sustainable or whatever, they're still gonna come back to you and see you as a coach and be like, okay, so we tried this. These are the elements that worked. These, these aren't and uh, you know, here's some more information for you. Whereas if, you know, like if you're not armed with the right stuff, um, and, and where I you know, see you know the vet, it's a, it's a good example because you're not going anywhere else for yep. your animal's health, right? You're yep. going to your vet. Humans, it, that's not how it works. If, if depending on the problem <laughs> you have, you could go to see one of 500 different people. One, and yep. you need it to have a point person that to turn, to, turn, to be an advocate for your client. Uh, is one of the most valuable things that they'll ever have. Yeah, and it's priceless to them.
0: Yeah, and I, and I love where where it was going and and where you took it because you know um, a lot of clients, even a lot of humans, a lot of us, we we talk to the people that are going to give us the answers we want to hear. So you know, you as the as the service provider or the coach in this case is having those conversations up front you can eliminate the people that are for yourself as well so that you're going to have valuable relationships. You're not going to have the people who are going to complain about you behind your back or are going to do all these kinds of things or, or run you ragged for, you know, uh, 17 sessions a week when they really only needed, you know, two or, or whatever it is. So this is, this is a, a two way street and, uh, uh, in a, in a, in a dog eat dog sort of world. Um, uh, it's amazing. And and you also talked about like what's available to humans when you're on that, like, yeah, do I keto? Do I do this? Do I do that? Like right now is a pretty amazing time because of the resources that have been made available during COVID. But it's also like, there is a lot of fluff, right? Like, and, and to you then get to be that exact thing. You can be the filter for this person who, who may or may not be able to filter it on their own, right? Cause you have a system yeah. you're going to, and you can
1: it. create this too, like within, like if you're working at a, at a larger facility and there's a, there's a bunch of team members, you know, sit, sit down with everybody and say like, you know, here's all the stuff that we need to cover. Who covers this? And you know, like have some sort of communication mm-hmm. with each other, Either inside a facility or outside, like if you're referring out, you should, you don't just push people to somebody else. You need to communicate with that other pro, send a note, whatever it is, follow up with it. But mm-hmm. even within your group, um, you know, have a, a little form, a little piece of paper that is like, yeah, you know, like the next time you come, the, the client comes in, you're not going to see me. You're going to see her because, uh, you know, this is what you really need. And I'm gonna give her a note that you know, so she can work on this because it's her expertise, not mine. And then I'll see you in a month.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And and they appreciate that stuff because you know, like, it's. And then when you go, every time I every time I do that, you know, clients come back with like, and I ask them like, what did what did she what did he or she say and uh it's like oh yeah i got a bunch of great information and they said to say hi and here's here's a note from them and all that sort of stuff and it just develops the whole thing and client loves it the other pros love it it's it's good for us it's you know like you're acting in the best interest of the client
0: yeah i think it's amazing we had uh, uh we had a really similar just uh, story time we had a really fairly similar discussion um, a couple of weeks ago i had a friend of mine who's who's in the same boat. I mean, he still works in pro sport, but, but he referred a guy, he said like, listen, this injury just happened. Can, can you talk to him? He doesn't have anybody to talk to. Uh, He, he had a fairly significant injury. And I said, yeah, give, let him call me. Sure. No problem. And this was because somebody that I trust, trusted enough in me to talk to somebody who he knew. And so this person calls me and I said, yeah, let me see what I can do. Let me hang up the phone with you and I'll call somebody that I know. And it becomes a, a matter more of uh, yeah that referral network and that sent- this is not even a client of mine or a client of his it 's just this is somebody that we know who 's in a uh, in a tough spot and we want to help them like this is what, for me this is what it comes down to and it 's become a big uh, a, a glaringly uh, sort of obvious uh, thing. Um, that was never so obvious to me in the past, I guess, or, or maybe just in these times or my learning, it really sort of spread my knowledge to a point where, okay, this is, these are the most important things. After 10 or 12 years in the AT field and CSCS and all these things, I've now identified the, the most simplistic things, but the most valuable things to, to me. And so that doesn't have to be right out of school. And it definitely wasn't. And it didn't come from a course. It came from taking courses that uh, aligned and challenged everything that I, that I thought I knew um, and I'm sure you're in the same boat and, and it's amazing to see, you know, anyway, the long story short is, uh, a guy called me for another guy and, and the guy at, that originally called, he got the help he needed. He had surgery, you know, um, three days after he blew out his, his Achilles and that doesn't happen in Ontario if you don't know somebody, you know? And so, uh, we picked up the phone, we used the referral networks to have that happen. And, and, uh, and he was forever grateful to the point. He's like, Hey, can, can I get both you guys to move down to to niagara because i need you in yeah. niagara and and it just so happens that he's a firefighter too so the timing of this was just uh was a thing i was like you're gonna need an achilles because he's talking to people about oh i blew my achilles and and i and i didn't get surgery and i was like you, you're a firefighter without an achilles that's not gonna happen so so good information is good information bad information is bad information information is information but this was all very good information tonight greg really appreciate your time uh we're pushing uh we're pushing an, an hour and a half. Are you still good? Cause another question just, came uh, I got,
1: I got time, Yeah. All,
0: right, all right, cool. Uh, when do your courses usually run and do you offer online courses or just in person? So I'm uh, transitioning it right now
1: to uh, partially online, offline. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, looking at it now, um, I, I sort of took a hiatus on it. Uh, it, it we were, I was going to run a course through, uh, April, May, June, whatever. And I was like, okay, well, we're just gonna table it, uh, see what's going on. Give me a chance to build the right online stuff to go with it. So probably looking at September. Um, Great. But you know, that being said, you know, if if somebody just needs a little bit of guidance on how to start creating the right network or whatever, because the course itself is, uh, it's extensive. Uh, We go through all the components, all the stuff that you could possibly learn uh and you know and there's a ton of information in it it's not like a regular ceu course so um <clears throat> be be prepared to uh be overwhelmed with information so i it, it the online model actually works really well because uh uh i there there is a period of time that people you know you need to take some of the information we have and integrate it into what you're doing uh we need to be able to troubleshoot it based on people's uh situations mm-hmm. so uh, pro- in September it'll it'll probably look like you know five weeks five or six weeks online and then get together depending on what's happening in the current environment uh, get together for a weekend and uh, go through some stuff or find some stuff and um, certainly a bunch of challenges in it I throw people uh, throw challenges at people uh, and uh, make sure that they're uh, you know they're They're really, I want people to walk away from the course being really prepared for, um, uh, to take every, all of the knowledge they have and and create what they need to create. So if they go to the website, it's uh, right now, uh, if you click on the, you know, uh, I think it's uh, becoming an uh, an, uh, ALC, uh, it just, it'll prompt you to just get on the, get on the uh, pre sale list. So pre sale list is just, you know, you're interested in learning this stuff, um, then I'll know that you're interested. And when I have something ready for September or October, uh, I'll send the information out to people. And-
0: Love it, man. That's great. And, and you and I can stay in contact. Uh, these, uh, the folks that are on here are generally the people that are on here on a regular basis. And, uh, um, and Kat who asked the questions, always got great questions and, um, and definitely a thirst for knowledge. So, uh, not that everybody else doesn't, but just that's who it is that was asking. Um, and, uh, and we can always filter back and forth, Greg, you and I, and, um, yeah, um, sure. I'd like to talk about that one with you too. That course and and sort of some of the things that uh, the website
1: right now is uh, skilledbody.com.
0: Skilledbody.com. Yeah, perfect. And um, uh, yeah, so I'll just put that in here just before I go. Skilledbody.com. Yeah, um, yeah. So that course and other courses and things that are coming up. Um, I I'll, I'll look forward to to navigating the space with you a little bit uh, in the yeah, future absolutely. and and continuing to grow this this bond, this network, uh, and and I think these avenues as well, like. Not even just teaching a formal course for CEUs, but teaching a thinking process, teaching teaching a philosophy, teaching a, a different outlook that you just. I mean, it, it's not it's it's not fair to say that universities or AT school or Cairo or wherever should teach this stuff. This stuff comes no. after, right? This comes well, after years. They need years to set a
1: foundation. And, yeah, but what I, I think what does need to happen? I, I'd love to see a, a, the the what I... you know not that I want somebody else doing it. I like doing it, but um, these the uh in the institutionals the systems to at the end say okay so here's a a plan to be able to uh develop your career now like mm-hmm. th- these are these are the foundational things that you're good at uh here is the whole thing what it all looks like um and build your network you know one of the reasons why uh, Julie and I were in touch was because I was uh I told her I was willing to just go down to Sheridan and and uh, talk to her class uh, about exactly that about, ex- you know, really like this, this is what the big picture sort of looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, wherever it is, you see yourself fitting in. That's great. What direction you want to go in will tell you what, what courses you want to take, what you want to do and, and have some sort of short long-term plan. You know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. She said the COVID crushed yeah. that. Which COVID crushed, did crush that. Right. It's crushed a lot of things, but Hey, uh, if it, if it allows for it, uh, Julie, we'll, we'll Greg. I'll sit in on Greg's lecture too, because I'll uh, I'll uh, I'd love to hear that one um, there. And then I think you're right. I think it's finding these conversations, finding getting away, finding a way to build these conversations into either middle years of AT programs or the latter years of AT programs. You have all these skills. Let's analyze a little bit more what you like, what you don't like at this point, what your ideals are, these kinds of things, and then navigate it, uh, help navigate that a little bit more. So uh, really, really valuable stuff this evening, Greg, again, really appreciate your time being on here, uh, having access to you personally and and for everybody else that's on here. Thank you guys for being here. And um, this has been, yeah, this has been fantastic. One thousand, and greg uh i know you're willing to uh to, to be connected so anybody who needs greg's contact information you can go through me or you can go through his website um accessible that way uh and this has been let's chat and athletic therapy roundtable session 25 already and uh this has been uh, this has been terrific so thanks again for making the time and, and giving us uh, access to your space access to your uh, intellectual space as well and- well J-
1: james thank you uh, you know like having done a bunch of online stuff before, you know, I, I built a website, we had a membership site we did, did these kinds of things, reaching out to people and stuff. Um, you know, for those of you that are attending or watching this, this is a tremendous amount of work. And uh, I know there's a lot of people that are really appreciating what you're doing because it's, it's not the simplest thing in the world to be able to put together a really good discussion. Uh, and have it drive really well and be as organic as as you want it Uh, and you're doing a a great job this is this is something that'll help a lot of a lot of people ATs conditioning coaches like you know this is we live in the world of AT but this is for a lot of other pros too in the in the health in the health world so it's uh, good on you for taking this on it's it's not a simple task
0: uh, man, I really appreciate it. Thank you. That that means a lot uh, coming from you. And, and, and uh, uh, it's been great. Listen, it's been great for me too. On a on a very on a very selfish level too. You know, just connecting and and making these networks and uh, and getting in touch with a lot of people. So um, uh, I'll let you go for the night. Anybody who's uh, who's willing to stick around, I got a couple more minutes here to hang out. Uh, Sunday night will be session twenty six. Uh, mansur Roberts jr is a swim coach down in the Bahamas he'll be on a uh, younger guy uh very very enthusiastic, very driven. He swam at a d one school uh, in his career and uh and him and I, I like i mentioned he's he's kind of uh didn't have a lot of infrastructure where he is currently doesn't have a lot of infrastructure when it comes to a t and s and c and these kinds of things so it's looking at that amateur model a little bit. what would help coaches that need those kind of things? can we coach coaches in areas can we uh, can we get into that space and and be there for that information. So the first time, the first year that I went down, that was a relationship that I built with him. uh, And I did a lot of the S and C and and just like the performance side of things with the higher end swimmers. uh, And then just looked at his model and how he was developing swimmers in his program. So really cool conversation. I'm sure to be had with him. Great guy, really driven. um, And that'll be Sunday night. So this has been Let's chat session 25, Greg, thank you again, everybody else. Thank you again. Much love, and we will talk to you soon. Stop and recording now. Thanks again. Thanks again for being here. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being a part of this community. Check us out online, firststartherapy.com. That's F I R S T A R therapy.com. Or email us with feedback consult at firststartherapy.com c-o-n-s-u-l-t at firststartherapy.com on instagram at firststar.therapy and our podcast host at let's chat.at this is first star let's chat an athletic therapy podcast